We're a few days away from Thanksgiving. You guys ready? Black Friday is coming. When people trample others for cheap goods mere hours after being thankful for what they already have. We're going to take a look at Tea Day, Thanksgiving, Thanks Day a little closer. Every week we take part in Thanksgiving because this bread and, and juice that we have is called in Greek the Eucharist. And you means good and then charis means joy, grace, thanks. So we give joy, we give grace, we give thanks every time we take part in the Lord's Supper and the Eucharist every week. So the Eucharist giving thanks is kind of the centerpiece of the Christian faith and tradition. It's surrounded by this concept of giving uh, thanks and gratitude. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Robert Emmons. He's a leading expert on the studies of gratitude, and this is how he defines gratitude. It is an affirmation of goodness. So I affirm on Thanksgiving Day that this pecan pie is goodness. I recognize the goodness, and then I recognize where the goodness comes from. Self, but outward, other people from God, from other places, and I'm just recognizing that it is a gift that I'm not responsible for, but it's been given to me. And that's gratitude. The opposite of that could maybe be summed up in this meme with Kanye. I'm thankful for myself for being myself. So that is a good example of not gratitude. An affirmation of goodness that comes from outside of ourselves is gratitude. Martin Luther referred to gratitude as the basic Christian attitude. It's like the baseline. So what that means is when we're living lives like Christ... It means that we are living lives of humility, of recognizing the goodness in our lives and in the world, recognizing that they come from others and come from God through others. And the result of those things is just naturally an outpouring of thank you, of gratitude. It's just part of it when you live like Christ and live a life of humility. And Jesus expressed gratitude in John 6. This is the story where he broke the, the, the bread and he had the loaves of bread and the fish and he gave it to the 5,000. He says, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. Jesus gave thanks, gratitude. To follow Christ is to live like Christ, expressing gratitude. There's a lot of science over the past 20 years about gratitude, and doctors are saying it's a good prescription for mental, physical health. It's kind of a strange prescription, gratitude, but it's definitely not as weird as this one. Take one tablet by mouth into right eye. <laughs> Robert Emmons, he's the world's leading expert on gratitude. He's a professor of psychology at the University of California. And he's a founder and editor of the Journal of Positive Psychology. He found that people who express gratitude and feel gratitude in their lives have stronger immune systems, less bothered by aches and pains, lower blood pressure. They exercise more, sleep longer. Psychological benefits he's found, higher levels of positive emotions, more alert, alive, and awake, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness. Social benefits they've found, more helpful, generous, more forgiving, more outgoing, feel less lonely and isolated. These are the positive benefits of gratitude. It reinforces this idea to me that everything is connected, that being grateful is not some just spiritual discipline. It 
connects with and impacts and influences every aspect of our lives, from our physical bodies to our emotional health, to our spiritual health, to our relationships. And that's how all of this spiritual stuff is. That it's the concept that being spiritual isn't going to church on a Sunday. Being spiritual and following Christ is a way of being 24-7. Everything is connected. And gratitude is a spiritual thing, but it so impacts every part of our lives. The story of gratitude in the Gospel of Luke teaches that gratitude has this interesting power to save. We understand in the religious world the word salvation. And the story comes in Luke 17. It says, It happened that as Jesus made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. This is like a red flag for uh, readers of the first century. So you have Samaria in the north. You have Galilee in the south. Jesus was walking on the border. Those were two very hostile groups, very hostile environments. There were 700 years of animosity between Jews and Samarians that happened before Jesus. And it was racial and it was ethnic. 700 years earlier, a foreign power comes in, invades northern Israel. Babylonians start mixing and mingling with the northern Israelites, and there's mixed blood. The Jews in the south, for that reason and others, said, you are not a part of God's family. You do not have a right to God's temple. And so Jesus is finding himself on the border, tense, a lot of tension. So imagine... Two groups of Christians who disagree on almost everything. The conservatives and the liberals. I'm putting air quotes because I don't like those terms and they're not helpful. Think of politics, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. Jesus is on the border between two very hostile opposing groups. It says, as he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. And they kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. This was a red flag moment also, because any good Jew reading this would have thought back to Numbers in their Hebrew Bible that says, Command the people of Israel to ban from the camp anyone who has an infectious skin disease like leprosy. Send them outside the camp so that they won't defile it, the place I live among them. And they're approaching Jesus. Jesus goes up to them, meets them. He says, take a good look at them. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went. And while still on their way, they became clean. One of them, when he realized he was healed, turned around, came back, shouting his gratitude and glorifying God. Jesus' power, what God is doing in the world, crosses so many boundaries and barriers of society. Only one of the lepers stopped to acknowledge from where the good came. That one was the Samaritan, the one that the Jews wanted nothing to do with, the one that communicated the most Christ-like, godly attribute of gratitude was the one that they hated, (laughs) they despised. They said they will never be in the family of God. It's radical for Jesus to tell the story and to... uh, for Luke to tell the story about Jesus. There's an agenda in telling the story, saying, stop this us versus them crap. This isn't Christ-like. This isn't godly. 
And Jesus, it says he kneeled at Jesus' feet so grateful and he couldn't thank him enough. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? He said to him, get up. On your way, your faith has healed and saved you. That healed and saved word is one Greek word that comes from the word we get salvation. Most biblical scholars say that that faith was evidenced in the gratitude. Believe that what just happened to him did not come from him, but somewhere else. And he recognized that. And out of that faith, he expressed that led to his salvation. It wasn't saying the sinner's prayer that led to his salvation. It was an expression of gratitude, of something that came from God. And Jesus says, that is, that saved you. It's made you whole. I love that story. Sometimes when good things, usually when good things happen to me, 90% of the time, I just kind of keep moving kind of have these blinders on. That's what happened to the nine out of the ten lepers. Something great happens and you're just excited about it and you just keep going. There's a brother, David Steindlerast. He says, 99% of the time we have an opportunity to be grateful for something. We just don't notice it. We go through our days in a daze. We have our routines. Right? Get up in the morning and then check your phone and go to the bathroom and then take a shower and get dressed, and you go drive an hour and work into the city. You, go th- you just go, 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 and it's kind of the same routine every day, every week. And Brother David is saying that throughout all of that routine, there are so many amazing moments happening and good things, but we're just stuck in what do I need to do next, that we just kind of miss out on it. In the story of Jesus, gratitude has this power to heal us, to make us whole. And in the story of Jesus, gratitude has this power to heal divisions. Part of the story has to do with Jesus teaching people uh, to break down the barriers of the us versus them, that tribalism, and he used gratitude to do this. And gratitude is really this idea that gratitude has the power to heal divisions. It's the whole reason Thanksgiving started in the United States in the 1800s. Thanksgiving, this Thursday, is responsible for this woman on the right, Sarah Hale. She was one of the first female novelists in America, and she was a writer and editor, and she lobbied for women's education. She was hugely influential in the 1800s, and she uh, edited a periodical that was one of the most popular ones in the country. She wrote a letter to President Lincoln uh, trying to get him to make it a holiday, a national holiday, the day of Thanksgiving, because she believed that a day of gratitude across the nation would ease a lot of the tensions between the North and the South in the 1860s. In 1861, the Civil War broke out. 1863, Abraham Lincoln agreed with Sarah Hale and said, maybe this, uh, there's something to this. So he wrote a proclamation making Thanksgiving a federal holiday And he said in his proclamation that he believed this day of gratitude could heal the wounds of the nation. 
that something about expression of gratitude among all people could heal the wounds of the nation, some of the hurts and the tensions that they've experienced. Gratitude has the power to begin this healing process and bring people together. Ironically, sometimes around the Thanksgiving dinner table, it doesn't bring us together. It kind of highlights our differences, religious differences, political differences, worldview differences. But gratitude at its core, if we can find a way to express that from our hearts, the gospel is saying that has the power to break down some of those differences. For Saturday Night Live a few years ago, they did a sketch highlighting that during Thanksgiving, we need something to bring us together. And for SNL, that was Adele. You may need to adjust the volume on this, Kevin. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. I am so thankful to have you all here today. I am thankful that I only burned the turkey a little bit. I'm sorry, <laughs> gang. You know, I am thankful that our governor is not going to let those refugees in here. Oh, my God. You know, I heard the refugees are all ISIS in disguise. Oh, yeah, that's true. I actually saw an ISIS in the A&P today when I was picking up the yams. No, you didn't, Aunt Kathy. That was an Asian woman. You know what? I have a question for you. Why is it that your friends keep antagonizing the police? Why would you ask my boyfriend that? Well, I'm just trying to get to know Jamal. Okay. That's very sensational. Oh, she's a guest Hello. It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to be to go over everything. They say the time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much. Oh, the pies are ready. And I am ready to vote for Ben Carson. You are such a Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> SNL knows how to push the boundaries, but there's a, a, a deep truth down there. For us, the Adele that brings people together, Adele brings people together because I don't know anyone who doesn't like that song, right? No matter how much you argue, it's a good song. For us, our Adele, the thing that brings people together, that kind of breaks down the tension, uh, is gratitude. It's the ability to realize that what we have is a gift. The ability to realize that maybe there's not only one way to look at things. The opposite of gratitude is not ingratitude. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement. It says that I'm right, that what I have I deserve and I earned. That's the complete opposite of gratitude. Gratitude says everything is a gift. Colossians 2 says, let your roots grow down into Christ. Let your lives be built on him and your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. 
Paul is saying when we recognize that our soul, our lives are rooted in Christ, the natural thing that happens is we just overflow with gratitude. Because when our lives are rooted in Christ, our lives are rooted in something outside of ourselves, the source of all things, of love. When that happens, we can't help but just be thankful. And when we have this opposite view of gratitude, the sense of entitlement, it's hard to be grateful because we feel like we deserve everything. We feel like our perspective is the right one, is the correct one. There's this uh, Japanese self-defense called Aikido. Have you ever heard of that? There's a concept in Aikido for soft eyes. Has anyone ever told you, you have such soft eyes? Soft eyes is this concept of relaxing your focus so that your focus isn't on some stimulus that's right in front of you, but your focus relaxes and to see everything around you in your peripheral vision. And when you're able to do that, you're able to see other ideas, other perspectives, other moments around you for which to be grateful. You're able to see other moments around you that are good, that have goodness and joy. But when we've got this opposite of gratitude, this entitlement, we're just focused on this one thing right in front of us. A few years ago, they came out with these horse blinders for humans because in offices where lots of people had to work in the same room, they had trouble focusing. So Panasonic made these horse blinders for humans. Blocks out everything around you and all you see is what's right in front of you. Entitlement has a way of doing that. Blocks out everything around you. When we're able to put down those blinders and see all of the goodness around us, gives gratitude an opportunity to take hold. It opens our heart to life and to the world rather than closes it off, shuts it down. 1 Corinthians, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Notice that the night that he was betrayed, he gave thanks. <laughs> I think there is a deep, profound truth here. That in moments of despair and confusion and depression and pain and hurt, it seems like there is nothing to give thanks for. It is possible to give thanks. Why? Diana Butler Bass has this quote that kind of helps us with that concept. Because those are hard things to grasp. How do we maintain gratitude and really moments of suffering? Gratitude at its deepest and perhaps most transformative level. This is huge. It's not warm feelings about what we have. Instead, gratitude is the deep ability to embrace the gift of who we are, that we are. That in the multi-billion year history of the universe, each one of us has been born, can love, grows in awareness, has a story. Life is gift. Gratitude is a way of being. It is a way of existing in this world. And when our lives are rooted in Christ, it just overflows. It is not this feel-good 
thing that you get when you have something that you like. It is this constant feeling of, I'm alive. It's this constant awareness of love and beauty in the world and recognizing that. Gratitude. So every day, if we could just start our day the way Maya Angelou did, this is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Rather than so focused on our, our routine of what we need to do, what we need to get done, to stop and recognize the gift. And then if we can do that in these moments of tension with other people in our relationships, then maybe the cause of that tension will just start to dissipate because it's not really as important anymore after you realize all there is to be grateful for in this life and in this world. And that gratitude is divine. It is an expression of the divine. So the night that Jesus was betrayed, the same night that he was in the garden praying in so much anguish that he was just drenched in sweat. He was so scared. But that same night that he was still able to see some good, he was able to give thanks for the bread that was before him, for the friends that were in front of him at that meal. And he said, every time you do this, remember me. And he didn't say every time you take communion at church on Sunday. He said, every time you eat and drink, remember me. Give thanks. And he poured out the wine said, this is my love, my blood poured out for you. Every time you drink, remember me. Give thanks and remember me. So we have an opportunity, as we do every week, where every single person is invited to recognize the divine in them, recognize that they are loved through the tradition of the Eucharist, the bread in the juice. So we take the bread or the vegan gluten-free mochi and we'll dip it in the juice and eat it. And go back to your seats. And as you go back to your seat after that, meditate deeply on, on someone or something for which you are grateful. An experience, a relationship, a memory for which you are grateful. Could just take a few more moments as we recognize our feet on the ground and the breath in our lungs. Your breath, Hebrew word ruach, means spirit. Your breath is the spirit of the divine. think on the people and the moments throughout your life have made you who you are. The people who have loved you for who you are. Even the hard moments that have maybe shaped you to become more of who you are. 
to think on those and note them and say, thank you, God. God, may we wake up every morning with soft eyes and awareness of all of the good that is around us. And may we, every time we look in someone else's eyes, recognize the goodness in them. And may we overflow with gratitude and with thanks. And may you use that gratitude to break down the walls that tear us apart, that separate us from others. May your kingdom come in our lives and in this world. In Christ's name, amen. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope it's a great one this year. If you have some tension around the table, just turn on Adele. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>